Welcome to Rem and Sam Podcast. How you doing, buddy? Are you doing okay? It's post-NBA Finals, and man, this one's tough, man. I want to keep it 100. I, I, I told all my friends, I told all of them, I stand by what I said. Every word I stand by. And um, it, everything came to fruition. I don't think I got a single thing wrong besides the whole prediction. But in terms of seeing as it happened, because... What I said from the beginning, Curry's going to have his 30-40, but I didn't see anyone else stepping up. And I don't think anyone can honestly look in the mirror and tell me that Andrew Wiggins was going to come out and be prime Jordan and be the best player, a two-way player on the court. Can you, can you go back at this point? You were so emotionally invested in Tatum and the Celtics, and we're here now in the Warriors, ultimately NBA champions. They beat Boston 3-2 to in the NBA Finals. Yeah. You were riding hard for Jason Tatum. I feel like you crossed a line at some point, and now you're just like a full-on Celtics fan. Are you gonna? Can you go back into the offseason now as just a neutral, unbiased observer? I mean, the thing is, is that I've always been biased towards Tatum, you know, and it's always been a little thing here and there. But him, him consistently winning these playoffs, you know, and to up into the finals and finding a way to do it and keep choking and coming back. You know, it was a roller coaster that was fun because it always ended up good. And uh, for once, it didn't. And it didn't because I think the Warriors really got in his head. You know, I don't I don't know why, but especially near the end of that game six, you could tell, like, he just – I mean, he had, like, half open threes that he wasn't taking. He was not taking shots as much. And Wiggins really was the reason that they, they – Warriors won. It's really crazy. I mean – uh, I mean, we were starting to, you know, last time we talked, you know, we were starting to see the rise of Wiggins in these playoffs. I think you mentioned he had like what, uh, almost 51 rebounds, or he was he was he was tearing it up. And um, at the end of the day, I mean, did you did you see Wiggins being the game changer? Because it wasn't anyone else besides him and Curry. Well, here, well, we can just get right into Wiggins because we have. So I have six big takeaways from the NBA Finals. You pivoted to Andrew Wiggins, so we can start there. He's the the story. I think he's the story of the Finals. Besides Curry. Besides Curry. Andrew Wiggins. It was kind of a coming out party for him. Go back mid-season, the All-Star starters. Wiggins is named an All-Star starter. Still shouldn't be. No, we're not doing this. A lot of talk about how that didn't play out correctly. But if we're looking at a way to judge the most impactful guys on oh, the NBA yes. this season, Don't tell me we're doing and this we want to use no. the all-star starter no. list as a good launching point, the 10 guys on that list, the guards on that list, Curry and Morant for the West, Trey Young and DeRozan for the East, the front court, the front court guys, LeBron, Jokic, Jokic the MVP, the Wiggins, Giannis and B. Durant. So those 10 guys, if we want to, if we modify the list a little bit, we can put Luka, Booker, Tatum on that list. And we're going to take, we're going to take LeBron, Trey, and DeRozan off. Just those guys didn't do, LeBron didn't even make the playoffs. Trey and DeRozan were two of the easiest outs in the playoffs. So ultimately those guys were not that impactful on the season. Luka, Booker, Tatum did not start in the all-star game, but they did make. Tatum did. Tatum, the front court for the East was Giannis Embiid and, and Durant. No, but Durant was injured. And then Durant, so, so Tatum started for 
Durant was injured. Yeah, yeah. so Tatum, Tatum started. I guess well. by default you're right. Yeah. Got the got the injury. Yeah, yeah. Give so. my boy love here, even if he's down. But Luke and Booker, we get to a list of ten guys: Curry, Giannis, Tatum, Luca, Embiid, Jokic, Durant, Ja, Booker, and Wiggins as the ten most impactful guys for the season, and. Honestly, Wiggins kind of fits in there. No, no, no. I know from a numbers standpoint, it doesn't. You and you know the case may not be there for the playoffs. He's 16 points yeah. a game, seven rebounds, 47 percent from the field, 33 percent from three. So yeah. like, not like an outstanding playoff run, but the two-way defense we saw the, the defense we saw him play against. You know, Luca in the Western Conference Finals, and then Tatum in the finals. Yeah, I think. He did. He hit another two-way level there and impacting impacting, you know, the stars yeah. at the highest level for the team that did win the finals. I think he kind of deserves to be mentioned as one of the most impactful guys from the season. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it should be for the series, you know, I think he's the X factor. He was what swung the series. And that was that's the main reason why I brought him up is because he's the main reason I'm wrong which I don't think anyone else could say that they predicted seeing this happen, including the computers, because that's why the computers were so shifted to the Celtics is that it, it seems so clear that the Warriors had nothing else because we've seen Wiggins be in the league, uh, I don't know how many years, but it's definitely more than five. And, you know, he has... Yeah, he was in, what, the 20... He's in the 2014 draft, so yeah. seven seasons yeah, at this 20, point? Yeah, seven seasons of not great production. Definitely. Six or seven, something yeah. like that. And even the production that he did put out in these playoffs weren't like Hall of Fame numbers. It was just good enough to be, you know, that on his offensive side and then how much he stopped Tatum was enough to amount to, you know, probably a third option on a good team, on a great finals team. But it was enough for this team because... Third option? I mean, he may have been, like, offensively... I know Clay stepped up eventually, but... No, you know, he, from he, game one to game six, was he their second yeah, most no, consistent he, offensive player? Yeah, no, he was the second option, but I'm saying, like, the level of production he put up would be good enough for a third option on a great team. It's just the Celtics decided that they didn't want to score 100 points anymore, which at the end of the day is the reason why they lost because they didn't, they didn't push anyone on this team. And that's what makes me most mad about all this. And I know we'll get back to the Wiggins thing, but I'll go in a little bit off track is the Celtics didn't force anyone on that team besides Curry to be great. And when we look at the finals over and over, the best ones are when the teams really push each other. Cavs, Warriors, even uh, the Suns, Bucks, when they pretty much pushed Giannis to the brink and they're like, we Forced him to go up another level to where we're talking about Giannis. Exactly. I mean, that series pretty much pushed him to be the best player in the league. Exactly, and still is. And we have, you know, and then the series where injuries come in, you have the Raptors, Warriors, where everyone's hurt, and Kawhi, like... Yeah, he won an MVP, but is anyone saying, like, that's the greatest you've ever seen Kawhi play? Like, not really. So, I think considering that there were no major injuries, it, it was it was very disappointing to see the Celtics pretty much roll over. And, like, I know everyone talks about Game 6 Clay, but he was, like, 5 of 20 this game. Draymond, I think, had 11 points. I mean, I really need to pull up the stats from this game. But, you know, no one on the team played great. And Wiggins pretty much did enough to get in the other team's way and you know hats off to them they deserve to win you know they showed up they were healthy they were there but it was it, it, it was just a whole really disappointing thing but anyway that's why i'm discounting wiggins contribution as much because 
he was just a solid basketball player who's playing the best basketball so far, which he should have been anyway as a number one pick. But he pretty much just played his role the best he could, which, you know, is great. It just doesn't mean he's a star or anything. And it definitely doesn't mean that Butler should have been a starter on the all-star team. Booker should have been a starter over him. Chris Middleton should have been a starter over him. Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul. It's true. I'll take Fred Van Vliet. I mean, if we really want to go down this road. So I, he was a swing player, and he did his job at the highest level, which hats off to him. He's celebrating now. But I don't think we should be, you know, I don't, I don't think it's that great. Yeah, I mean, 33% from three for the entire playoffs is not like a stellar performance and not something yeah. you would think from a shooting wing. Not a stat you would think from a shooting wing that was the second-best offensive player for the championship team. If you look at the stretch that pushed him into that all-star starter spot, the big the big stretch for him was like the first 29 games of the season. He played played all 29 games and then missed the game in Toronto. Don't remember exactly what injury he was dealing with at that point, but missed some time after that. Missed a couple games later in the, on in the season, but that's kind of when he started dealing with some stuff. But if you look at the first 29 game for, games for Andrew Wiggins, He's 19 points a game, four and a half rebounds a game, 49% from the field, 42% from three. He was much better offensively to start the season. And if you remember, they were using him as like a big part of their offense and they were making it a, a central focus to like bring this guy in and get him involved and show him that he can be part of the team. And he was really excelling at the beginning of the season, but something happened. His numbers dropped off. They haven't really been quite the same since then. And if you look at the kind of player he was in the playoffs, he almost wasn't that the version of that offensive player he was earlier in the season. He was more of a three and D wing who would just like what was what shots was he really getting against Boston? Like he was getting these driving yeah. like semi hook shots across the lanes and some open threes. Yeah. It's not like Wiggins was picking his spots, getting exactly. wherever he any wanted. Any shot creation. Was he doing any shot creation? Like not not on a not on a super high level, but he yeah. he played really solid in the defense. Doncic Doncic had good numbers in yeah. the Western Conference Finals, but watching those games, watching how hard Wiggins made him work and watching that they could just put Wiggins on him and the rest of the team could do the team defense stuff and yeah. stop the other guys. And that was the big thing for Tatum as well was he was able to just play defense one-on-one with Tatum, mm. and they were able to let Green, uh, you know, play Roam free around, safety yeah, a little bit, like and Curry does. was not being as attacked <laughs> mm. in those mismatches as and much. Curry's a solid defender when he cares. I would say, yeah, Curry's a Curry's yeah. a good defender for sure, but he's still kind of he's still yeah. the guy on the yeah, floor you're going to so seek good. out yeah. just yeah. because of his size. It, yeah. it is how it is, but I mean, he did really make Tatum mentally rethink his offensive game. Tatum mm. to me is one of the best at when a guy cuts him off driving at mm-hmm. like spinning around redriving swooping in for layups mm-hmm. and Wiggins was able to beat him to beat him to his spots time and time again in the series and Tatum just gave up going to the basket exactly and by the end of the series he was airballing shots mm-hmm. by the end of uh they are not taking of them. game six passing up on shots so yeah Wiggins who knew who knew the recipe to success was Andrew Wiggins as the second best guy in the finals on the uh, finals team. Yeah, no, but there are multiple times near the end of it, he wouldn't get any contact. He wouldn't take contact when he would know he'd get a foul. 
and he was just avoiding it. I mean, looking at the stats, this is probably one of the biggest ones with Tatum is when guarded by Wiggins, 55 possessions, 13 points, and then 5 of 15. But the crazy part is only taking 15 shots on him and over 55 possessions. I mean, that's that's crazy to think that, you know, he's, he just he just got in his head at that point. Yeah, mentally, mentally, Wiggins owned all the real estate. Yeah, in, only in 27, almost a quarter, a little over of a quarter of the times he was guarded by Wiggins, he took a shot. Like, And for your superstar, you can't have that. Um, Impressive. Tatum did not have that going up against uh, Giannis, Durant, or exactly. Miami. He's very confident against those guys. Wiggins, Wiggins got him. He didn't Wiggins, prepare for it. 2014 draft class. Obviously, Embiid is in that draft class. Uh, Embiid is, is the number three pick. You know, could have been the number one guy. Jokic was also in that class. So those guys are unassailably the top two guys yeah, yeah. from the 2014 class. But other than that, Wiggins probably is honestly far and away at this point, Julius Randle, the third best guy. Yeah, Julius Randle's one of the guys he's competing Zach with. Zach Levine, Zach Levine, Marcus Smart. That's probably the next tier. Like, Aaron you Gordon, me Zach Levine instead of Wiggins. Like I don't know, his defense. Wiggins yeah. has been in. Wiggins has won a finals now. Yeah, I don't know. He got carried there though. Like, we just saw him lock up Tatum and uh, Tatum and Doncic in back to back series. You're gonna yeah, Aaron the, Gordon. That, I mean, with the Kyle with, Anderson with Doncic, that was a whole team more thing. I think like they could just double him and like pretty much trust Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie yeah. was also in that 2014 class. Yeah, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Jeremy good. Grant, Kyle Anderson, slow mo. The NASA's Antetokounmpo. Oh my goodness! Number one overall draft for bench guys. Glenn Robinson the third. Jeremy Grant. Spencer Dinwiddie, this is actually not a bad draft class. Um, it's not. There's, there's. Yeah, he's not far and away the third best player, but right now he is. I there's mean, 15 Randall, guys here. Yeah. And Wiggins has always been. Wiggins has always gotten a bad rap for being sort of a disappointing number one overall pick, and he's still, he's still, he's the third best guy in the class. Like that's, yeah. That's not far off from being the number Nurkic, one. Pick. I definitely put him like top five. Because I think Julius Randle and Nurkic make a really Julius Randle argument. Nurkic, come on, come on. At their best, they're definitely. I think they're better players when healthy. Nurkic, yeah, you seen you seen with with the with the, the Blazers, Blazers when they when he's healthy and that team was cooking like it was. I'm just saying, like in terms of player, I like. I definitely think Julius Randle the year he had. Yeah, he choked in the playoffs, but he so was the I mean, you think Julius Randle could have a higher peak than Andrew Wiggins? Yes. But I mean, he has not had he, a better he's, career he's than Andrew Wiggins. He's performed better. He's performed better when his team needed him, except in the one playoff series, you know. Nurkic from 2017 to 2022 is 13 points, nine rebounds, a block a game, 51 percent from the field. I mean, he's fine. <laughs> I don't think he's going to do anything as impressive. Levine and Randall and those guys have not done anything as impressive as what Wiggins just did defensively in the finals. Marcus Smart's the other guy on that list, and I mean Wiggins just beat him in the finals. Yeah. Regardless, Wiggins, at this point, not an, a disappointing he's number one overall pick. He's the greatest one right now. Yeah. The greatest third player. I don't know if he's the he's best. The, he's not the best third player. I'd say the greatest third player. He's the, he's the third. He's the 
Easily the third best player in the draft. Easily, right oh, easily. You you alluded to this a second ago. We're gonna go back to it. It's the second big takeaway mm -hmm. from the NBA Finals. Is this is this the first legit Finals win since 2016? Oh my goodness, are we on this? Oh, these Finals aren't real wins. Cause 20, <laughs> oh I'm just 2016. LeBron, the 3-1 three one, the three one deficit. One, yeah, three one. LeBron and Kyrie, historic performances. Mm -hmm. That's all fine and well. Both of, this, both of those teams came together in ways that it's totally okay. It all worked out. That was the right finals. LeBron was awesome. It's okay. Yeah. Durant joins the Warriors. And, yeah. you know, like, who else is supposed to win the finals? But Durant, and Steph, Raptor and Clay, and, and then, yeah, 2017-18, the Warriors win. Yeah. The Raptors finally steal one off the Warriors, but Thompson and Durant both go down in that series, so it's you know it, it's a good win yeah. for the Raptors. But could you put put could you put a little asterisk next to it? I mean, you could. Yeah. You could for sure. And then the next the next season we're in the bubble. Yeah. LeBron called it the we're hardest title ever. That, you know. So do do with that Disney. what you will. He had a Disney and how many draft picks to get him. But the bubble has only ever happened one time in the league, so yeah. you could call that an outlier season. Yeah. Wouldn't be ridiculous. And he bought, yeah, he bought. Yeah. And, then, and then last year, 2021, uh, Suns, Bucks, both of those teams, easier paths than normal to the finals. Suns, just superstar after superstar goes down to Bucks. Yeah. Just kind of cakewalk into the. They're playing the, the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals, Trey Young. How did they get there? KD without without Kyrie without Harden. Yeah, you know yeah, you could you could make the case. There's just it's been, it seems like the last handful of years there's just been a lot of like yeah, big overwhelming things that have like yeah just been like real things that have hung over the season is big question marks. And this year, I guess maybe the Chris Middleton injury, but yeah, that's that series one. that series still went seven and Giannis did not play a. Like a high-level Giannis game in Game Seven, he was good yeah, for sure, good. but it was not that yeah. elite best player in the league game that he is capable of. Mm -hmm. He's probably just tired because he had to and, carry the team to seven. Yeah, and Bo and Boston got the win, so Boston feels like a worthy opponent. Yeah, and I don't know why we doubted Steph in the regular season because the the Suns were a good team, but you're gonna pick CP3's playoff resume over Steph's. I mean, looking back, that seems kind of crazy. Well, yeah. Well, he had the better team, though. That was the thing. Doncic? I mean, the Mavs, like, is just Doncic. They're yeah. not. The Nuggets and Clippers are both hurt. No, I think. I the think Grizzlies both, are a year away. Both teams got helped by one injury that beat the more talented team to get to the finals. For the Celtics, they didn't, they didn't cause the injury. But with Chris Middleton out, they were able to beat the Bucks, who were the more talented team with Chris Middleton. Probably be winning the finals, and no self-respecting analyst is saying that the Bucks, or that the two teams in the finals are the best two because are the best ones because it's the Bucks. On the other end, I think at the end of the day, Morant healthy, there's no way the Grizzlies are losing. And for a team that was out here talking about the code, the code, the code, and then Jordan Poole, I'm telling you, every time people people just brush over it now, and it'll be brushed over in history. Jordan Poole ripping out John Moran's leg, tugging on it, causing the injury. A guy who, yeah, we know, may we've always worried about being a little injury prone, but a young superstar. So you know, and in the middle of uh, in the middle of semifinals, so you know he wants to play. 
um, of the playoffs. It's it's just that it probably was a bad enough injury. Is out. A team that took the Warriors to six, or is it six or seven? I think the Grizzlies. Might, yeah, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies. I think they got them in six. Yeah, they got them in six. Destroyed them at home, and you could just tell from their offense they were missing that superstar touch. And I'm telling you, with John Morant, I really think they were going to lose because I think they were able to spread the ball more out. I think the Memphis is definitely a lot less afraid than the Celtics. And they were, they've been a lot more consistent winning the whole year, which when we get on the Celtics, we can talk a little bit about, you know, their rise. But, you know, I definitely think the Grizzlies, they have a little bit of FU in them, you know, the way Desmond Bain and all of them. And I think with John Morant taking them to that next level, that's what they were missing. And the Warriors had, obviously, the player who could take them to the next level. They beat them at the end of the day. But both teams got help by an injury. So, you know, if we want to talk about asterisks, I think both teams got some help. Which so you, you think need. you think Grizzlies Bucks is really like the right finals yes. matchup for this season? Yes. I mean, the level John Morant was playing at, that team, how good it is, how young they are, and you know, and John Morant, he's he's I think he's similar to Steph Curry where he warps the court. Now again, not nearly the levels of Curry, you know, no one can touch Curry. But at the same time, having a player with his athleticism, the way he is, how he passes, and he would have given that team a different swagger and how young they are, and they still took the Warriors to six. So I still think that yeah, the Memphis would have definitely beat them. And, you know, I think you know that the and we all know Milwaukee would have beaten the Celtics so both teams got lucky and that's what you need to do we win a finals I don't put asterisks on titles and the only one I would would be the 2016 one with LeBron because they just didn't have Draymond those last two games last three or game five and then there was the rest of that they still had two chances to beat him though you would yeah. put you would put an asterisk the one title you'd put an asterisk on would be the 3-1 comeback yeah yeah because Draymond if Draymond's it really? there, they're done they're finishing I mean, you still have two shots, and Game 7 is at home. Yeah. And you're the greatest so, regular season team of all time. Yeah, that Draymond thing, man. I'm telling you. It hurt him. He was like – and that's prime Draymond, too. Like, and you just don't have him? Like, I think that's a lot. Ja, the Bucks. I don't – I mean, I don't know. I, I get behind the Bucks thing, but I still think the Grizzlies are, are a year away. But you saw, like, John Morant, when he was right, he dropped 45 on him, though. Like, he had their number. I thought the thing that... Even Jason Tatum couldn't do that. Sorry to interrupt. I thought the thing that carried away from most from the Grizzlies series that, Grizzlies series that mm-hmm. paralleled with the Celtic series was just the Warriors' ability to figure out uh, just these athletic, younger teams mm-hmm. that early in the series, they could use their youth and... You know, just play fast, play hard, mm-hmm. and that would result in good things. And early in both those series, were they down two to? Were they down two one in both of those series? Yeah, I think so. And then they they ripped off three in a row, and in, in both of those leg, series yeah. as, as well. So they, you know, the ability to figure out a team over the course of the series, I think, was the thing that honestly impressed me the most from this from this uh, from this Warriors run. Obviously, besides mm-hmm. what what Curry has done, but yeah, the adjustment stuff. Steve Kerr, the coaching, I mean, easily nabs the title now as best coach in the league because I think Monty Williams, with what he with what he did, was, like, hovering there. Yeah, you got some hot takes today. Oh, Udoka was hug- hovering easily. there, but uh, I don't know. Didn't Kerr, didn't Kerr just – You just chucked your coach in the dirt? I mean, you know, they're the 10 they're the seed. It's, 
we have to give some respect to the guys yeah. at the top. I'm not saying if the Spurs were, if the Spurs, you know, were back to being the one and the two seed, the yeah. top is still in the conversation. But we're talking about the best coaches being like relevant Spo? to winning a title. He did take that team to seven. They were a three away from making the finals. Like I think, I think that was another thing that you know, poor Jimmy. He he's that's the second time he's had, because he was on that that team that got knocked out by the Raptors, right? Yeah. So he was on the, the Kawhi Leonard shot team in the conference finals, East Conference finals, getting knocked out, and you know, and well, the the late, Sixers would would have been the semis. But. Yeah. Oh yeah, they would have been the semis. Yeah, yeah. But um, another heartbreaker for Butler. Um, I still think Boston was better than Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no, no problem with better. how the series They're better. Out. No, they're better. We're not rewriting history. But I think I think Spo's right there. You know, what he squeezed out of that team against what everyone knew was a more talented Boston team. But, you know, the Spo found a way to make it really tough for them. I think Bam also was a bit to blame in that series because he was definitely what would have unlocked them. I think, you know, there were just so many times where it's like, oh, wait. When Bam, like, is aggressive, they just destroy him? Like, what's going on? And thankfully, they didn't figure it out. You know, my man made the finals. But, yeah, I don't I, – I think I think we got to chill. This is a second easily out here. Like, we got to chill, man. This ball Am I throwing great. easily around too much? Monty, I don't know. I just – I'm really impressed with what Steve Kerr just did. I yeah. mean, Wiggins was – Wiggins is their second best player. And Draymond, Curry, like, Draymond gives them nothing. Yeah. And that's – I like, mean, you like, just you like, just said it. The key like, to everything is, is exactly like Curry. it's a trio. It's a trio of Draymond, Clay, and Curry, especially Curry. You know, and it's pretty much a fact now that that's the best trio in NBA history. Like I think they have the most wins together as a trio. It's so, sad, but it's like, un it's undeniable. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. rest in peace to uh, Spurs, Duncan and yeah. Parker and Ginobili. But yeah. Yeah, they were they were put to rest with this win as yeah. the, the best trio ever. Yeah, and like it was when, a good run though. When you it was watch, a good run. When you watch a lot of those plays with Curry, like they're not it's not like Curry calling a play or something. And again, like all respect to Curry, like they couldn't get here without him. Like he's he's a big part of this, obviously. But when you watch a lot of this stuff, there's a lot of shots Curry created. It was you could just tell it they've been there before. Obviously is there, you know, what, four of eight or yeah, they've been the last they've four, been what six, six out of eight four. and they've won four out of eight now yeah, yeah. so they've been to six yeah so they've been there before they're just running their offense and they just know what to do and that chemistry between draymond clay and curry you know i you know obviously curry deserves respect but he's definitely not the reason why they won and you can see it from the game i just you know wiggins as your second best offensive player draymond giving you nothing offensively yeah that was ugly cool and Thompson being like streaky offensive players mm -hmm. and minus defensive players and what do you do with Looney and Porter? There's just yeah. a lot of stuff with the lineup over the course of the playoffs that it just seemed like they would time and time again have questions of I honestly like there were in the finals we were like, I don't know what you do with Draymond. Like he just gives you nothing offensively. Like how do you keep that guy on the court and he's still figured out? He did out. bench him. He did. That you know, that's to the yeah. that's to the credit of Steve Kirk. He did. Yeah. He yeah. uh he did. He did figure it out. Steph Curry. I mean, do you just? Should we just do the full just thing? Just start listing off the stats. <laughs> should we can do? We just want to do it. I mean, might you, as well. You asked me. You asked me earlier in the series where he jumps to in the top mm -hmm. ten. I think it's about time we figure that out. Yep. So to start, this is this is a big picture thing number three. By the way, Steph Curry all time mm -hmm. ranking. How many guards do you have in front of him? 
So here's the li- here's the here's the list of guys mm. in NBA history that I think are just they're definitely better than Steph. I think you're not to me you're you're not making the case yet that Steph yeah. has touched these oh, guys. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, these are the guys he falls behind for sure on the list. Mm. To me, he's not ready to cross any of these guys yet. Michael Jordan. Yep. LeBron. Yep. Kareem. Yep. Bill Russell. Yep. Magic. Yep. I, I think Magic's it's, he's getting close. I think it's if getting he wins close. another one, it's getting close to Magic. It's yeah. getting close. But that's but, two guards in front of him, arguably, that you can't you can't touch. He's definitely not. Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, I think he's not quite there with Magic. Yeah. Will Will he? And that's the thing. Um, we're going to talk about Steph Curry right now. It's going to be, you know, projecting out. He's going to get more all-star game appearances yeah. and the stats but, I mean, are going to accumulate. You but, don't want to hate on Curry because of his size. But when you're talking about the greatest players of all time, you have to talk about it. And 6'9 guard who could literally play center and, like, it didn't matter. Like, I'm sorry, Curry, but at some point that's got to matter. Yeah, and, I mean, also Magic can't shoot. So, in the yeah. long run, who knows what Curry's yeah. stats are going to look like and how that will shape out. Yeah. One more guy I think is definitely – you're not making the case yet. And that's Wilt. Magic's counterpart. That's that's Larry Bird. Yeah, Bird, yeah. But I said one more guy. I think the list stops there. Yeah. I think there's... Jimmy D? Well, just... There's six guys uh-huh. that Steph Curry is... You're not... To me, it's not yeah. quite yet. Need a little bit more. I think there are some guys that... His, this With this finals win that he's yeah. definitely moved past. I think he's moved past Shaq. I think Hakeem. That's close. I think it's closer than yeah. Shaq is right there. I think he's right with Shaq. It's we're you know yeah. we're picking nits at this yeah, point, I think but he's right there with Shaq. I think when we're you know it can be as simple as what he brings to a basketball yeah. court, and I think you know Curry. You can just you can have him out there the whole time. Yeah, I think it's no, beneficial. I get I get it, but like just who Shaq was as a just as a human being, and I think Curry we, is a teammate. Yeah, you have to start factoring that in. And I think in. we start talking about like reason why we put Shaq with him is just his potential and he didn't get to it as everyone knows so you know it is going a little bit of you know what he could have been as a player but just how great he was in his prime was just ridiculous but yeah I'm not saying that I think this he's, is, I think this he's is, right there with Shaq though I'm I not saying that. this is easy but yeah. <laughs> I think he's moved past Shaq mm-hmm. I think he's moved past Akeem yeah I think he's moved past Durant. I think yeah. we said that was one of the big things coming into the series, but he takes the spot as the number two guy from our Not era. Not a Chamberlain guy? From Durant. And I think the last guy he's definitely passed is Oscar as wow, a guard. Wow, didn't that, even ta- talk about Wilt. Well, well, well just, there are some guys mm-hmm. that we need to talk it out. Okay. So, yeah, you mentioned Wilt. Go with Wilt. He'll be the first guy. I think yeah. one, two, three. There's four of them here. We'll talk about Wilt and Duncan. Wilt will be the first one. Yeah. We'll go. This okay. This is what Steph is bringing to the table. Former warrior. This is his resume, going against going up against yes, one of the legends yeah, of his he was own. He's the greatest warrior of all time. One of the legends saying. of his own franchise. Yeah. Steph in his peak. So he's in like a ten-year peak now. Mm-hmm. He's twenty-six points a game, six assists, uh, six rebounds, five assists. Excuse me. Forty-seven, forty-two, ninety shooting splits. Mm-hmm. Eight All-Stars, two MVPs, eight All-NBAs. Four of those first. He's only been four. He's only been first team All-NBA four times mm-hmm. out of eight. That's only half the times. It seems uh, yeah. seems low for Steph. Well, it's but, just how many guards we have. In yeah, the league. Like, it's kind of bananas. It is, and some guys have crazy statistical yeah. seasons and it happens. One, <laughs> four, four Finals rings, one Finals MVP. Will that's I, crazy. I'm so happy we can say that though. I know. He's like, got let's the just appreciate MVP. that for a moment. So happy you can say that. 
Well, I mean, the stats are insane. Yeah. 30 points, 23 rebounds, 4 assists for his career. 13 All-Stars, 10 All-NBAs. Only two-time All-Defense, which seems like it way lower yeah, than it not, should be. He wasn't well, really but, a defender, though. He's just, more of an offense guy. It seems like Bill with, Russell's. you know, athletically who he was, he could have been All-Defense. No, he like, could have. 20 times if he wanted to be. Two rings, one finals MVP. Wait, was that first defensive team? Or? Uh, yeah, he was first. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Day. Well, he's competing with Russell, who that was literally his thing. So. Ten-time All-NBA. I think with him, again, you could st- name him a kajillion stats with him, you know, averaging 50 points a game for a season. I think he had, like, 30 rebounds, something like that. Bananas. At the end of the day. Led the league in sc- Scoring, led the league in rebounds, led the league in assists one year. With him, the difference between him and Curry, and yes, Wilt still won two championships, is that Curry's a winner. Curry wants to win. And and imagine Curry's path right now. Like, Buddy, two years ago, it was the worst record in the league. He got his hand injured. Clay's hurt. You know, he could have just honestly given up. But he kept working. He kept He kept grinding, you know. Talking about last year, you don't want to see us next year. You know, talking pretty much comforting Clay when he was, you know, visibly disturbed in the bubble because he's watching his team get waxed. You know, and Curry talked that talk, and uh, and then he went out and walked that walk. And, you know, it, it again, again, I think another big reason why I was so disappointed in the Celtics is because I think Curry could have hit bigger peaks. I think he had a couple 40, 50 points games in him. But guess what? Curry didn't need it. Like, the team didn't need it. That's why Curry got to bench so long. That was another crazy part in that last game. Is they were just up by 10 points for most of the game, and Curry was on the bench, like, chilling. <laughs> it's like, okay. So that's another thing is obviously. They could just put Jordan Poole in, and then he could just push him away yeah, at arm's exactly. length, like, every time. Exactly. Just keep him at 12, 10 They were just points. chilling. Exactly. And, you know, I just want to, you know, obviously every finals I want to see an all-time great performance from a player or a career performance. And, you know, and this is still a great, you know, most efficient finals for Curry. We start looking at the stats. But anyway, back to the point. Curry's a winner and just the greatest teammate. Another thing Will, you know, didn't have he had issues with. And, you know, for him, if he had his points, even if his team lost, which was why, which is why Bill Russell was, you know, his secret against him was he would just let him score and they'd lose and he, Wilt would be fine and Bill Russell would be fine because they got both what they wanted out of it. And so I always go with the winners and that's why I have to, I have to go with Curry as the greatest warrior of all time. It would be tough. If Curry, if Curry retired right now and just the totality of what both of the guys have done, Curry and his tenure peak and Wilt, I don't know. The numbers are really crazy for Wilt. Um, Curry also changed the game of basketball. Curry changed the game, the four rings. Yeah. He's, uh, I think he's a better, like, you know, better second guy from his generation mm-hmm. than Wilt was to Russell. Mm-hmm. You know, he is to LeBron what Wilt is to Russell. Yeah. And I think he is a better version of that. Mm-hmm. So... I would really, I would really want to put Steph in. It'd, it's a tough one, though. I mean, well, we're talking about, we're talking about all-time great basketball. But I mean, you're definitely, yeah. you're definitely Curry over Will at this point. Yeah, definitely. Wise. Yeah, yeah. Especially with that Finals MVP, like, and you, you're the reason why a team won. I mean, you're literally like, like, I mean, we could start pulling up stats, but he had like thirty percent of their points in the whole Finals. Like, he's just twenty-seven percent 
on his own accounted and then when he's on the court like there was i was looking at it like the offensive rating per 100 possessions it's a 27 point swing when he's on and off the court like that that's the, like like and you know and they, they you know proof is in the progress and they won again with like an old clay old draymond and he pretty much needs an average performance and you know above average a career perform i don't know if it's career performance from wiggins i think he has better basketball in him honestly but you know a really good game from wiggins like two good games from wiggins and the series is over like and he shut him down twice in boston like think about that he went in their place and he was hushing the crowd he was he was pointing at his finger in the middle of the third quarter i was talking to my friend about this in an elimination game against a team with the best defense in the NBA, he was pointing to his finger in the middle of the third quarter. When he did that, all like, the, what the all the all the feelings he got from us that he was in that villain role. Oh my god! When it was the Durant Warriors, and we all yeah. hated that Warriors team, and Curry was one of the league's best villains. All those feelings I had toward him when he did that ring point, yeah. I felt him a little bit again. I'm I'll not gonna lie. You. They came back. That they was cold, back. like. And he's doing it at 33. Like, he's past his prime. Because everyone knows his prime was 2016. You know, that was the greatest probably shooting Well, that's, I mean, that's what you seen. say. I'm telling you, easily, 402, come on, man. Easily is his, that's just, you it's know. his best statistical season. Bananas. I think this is the best basketball bananas. season he's ever been. Yeah, I, I can see it. But, you know, I think because of those things, because he, and, and yeah, it's the Celtics, but that was the best the league had to offer in terms of defense at that point in time. And so, and he did it on him easily. Like, it didn't seem like, you know, he was obviously he had to work for it, but it didn't seem like it was too hard for him. So, he got, I mean, so that's why I got to put him above Chamberlain because he, he stood up against the greatest of the time and he took it to him. Speaking of insane scoring numbers, a couple of other guards mm-hmm. to put him up against, a couple of other Lakers guards. Oh. The first one. We'll start. Oh, we'll start with the one. oldest one, Jerry West. Oh my goodness! Who doesn't have like, you know, the accolades, the rings that Curry does. Mm-hmm. Only has the one Finals ring and the logo, which he wants to change. The logo. He has the Finals MVP when he didn't even win the Finals. Yeah. In just a first a, ever a crazy series where he was, I think, averaged like forty points a game for yeah. like thirty-eight points a game, but mm-hmm. had like four forty-point games in that series. Mm-hmm. And every, every series in that game was close. I think the margin of victory was only about five points a game mm-hmm. for the entire series. So that's, oh, so that's probably why. Yeah, I mean, it's about as close as you can get yeah. for a series. It's a seven-game series. I mean, he's by far and away scoring-wise the best guy on the floor. Mm. But he did that his entire career. He's 10 40-point finals game for, for his career. Mm. For a, a 10-year run for Jerry West from 62 to 72, he's 28.7 points a game. Seven rebounds, six assists, 48% shooting. There's no three-point line. So, you know, he's yeah. only taken twos. He's shooting almost 50%, scoring 29 points a game. In the playoffs for his career, he's 29 points a game, six rebounds, five assists. He's even better in the playoffs from a numbers standpoint. Mm-hmm. And uh, made All-NBA 12 times. Ten of those were first team. And the only two times he didn't make first team All-NBA – he led the playoffs in scoring both of those years. Oh, okay. So I mean, we're just we're talking about one of the best resumes yeah, here yeah, yeah. of all time for a guard. But yeah, I mean, Curry at this point, the the rings are they're they're piling up. And it's tough. I don't know. It's like which one do you value more? Do you value the stats? It's kind of like Wilt 
with the guards mm. from a scoring standpoint with Wes. But I don't know. Does does the is the old guy? Do we do we have to move him out at this point? Is Curry move up past Jerry yeah, West? I even I don't think anyone had Jerry West in their top ten of greatest players of all time. I don't know. I don't know where you'd have Jerry West, but he's definitely not that high. So he's in the conversation. Yes. Uh, like. I thought you meant. I thought you were going to bring up Kobe, like not Jerry West. Look, I ain't trying to hate on Jerry West, but like, hey, just we're trying tough. to give love it's to tough. all all eras of basketball. Here. I, I mean, look, Jerry it's, West. It's all good. I, I mean, a, a good player. stat to compare it against is um, Curry had the best true shooting percentage from a high sh- volume guard um, in the finals history ever. Hundred so in a hundred plus field goal attempts in finals history at sixty two point six percent shooting percentage. Best ever, finals history. So you know, three point line or not, nah, he was he was he was draining. I mean, Kobe's the spicier one. Kobe's yeah. Kobe yeah. is also the next yeah. one. Froby. I you asked me this a couple pods <laughs> back. I said I would it, for me, I could be pretty easily talked into it because mm. I like what Curry does on a basketball court more than I like what Kobe yes. does. And there are some things if you just. You go back and you look at Kobe's career, mm-hmm. and there are things to remember about him that, um, you know, he's 12-time All-Defense. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just something that you don't think of right away when you think of Kobe, but... Five rings. Yeah, we're talking... He's a great two-way guard, one of the great scorers. I mean, we're not saying new things about Kobe Bryant, yeah. here, but some of the teammate stuff, the core of sh- him and Shaq not working out. Can 15 times all NBA. Can guys work out with him? But yeah, I mean, one of the most impressive. Won resumes. an Oscar. I don't know why it's on his basketball. It's on his basketball record. Yeah. 2018 Oscar. 12 time all defense. I think, I mean, I, I understand why people would have um, him above Curry because what Kobe did as a young player is probably the only reason why you can't say like every great player. Uh, why, like, you can't say every great young player didn't do anything, like, because of what he did at 21, 20, being in the finals at such a young age, you know, and the only reason why we're looking at young stars and what they did is because of Tatum, because he's 24. Actually, he's only in 19, but, you know, we don't talk about it. But, no, he's 24. He's, 24. he's still Jason Tatum doing all this in the finals. He's only, only 19, but... Um, so, I understand why people have him above, Mamba mentality, stuff like that, but... Yeah, Curry's, I mean, just the gravity Curry has on the court, you know, how he, when people, how, just how he moves, you know, and um, I think, you know, the the league is run by three-pointers, and, you know, him in the finals. Oh, also, by the way, that whole true shooting stat, um, second place was Chris Paul last year, which, you know, tough. Uh, but he's had the most three-pointers in finals history before he started this series. So, like, Curry, bananas. That was Curry I was talking about. And, you know, he's pretty much competing against himself in terms of, like, single series records of threes, you know, in terms of beating them. And this was definitely his most efficient shooting three. So, you know, again, different eras a little bit. Like, it's closer than most. But, but definitely different styles of basketball. Yeah, definitely sure. different Kobe styles of basketball. Kobe was coming up in a very above-the-rim era. Yeah. Where, like, when he was young, when you're talking about what mm-hmm. the two guards that he's facing against are, like Vince Carter, T-Mac, more of a small forward, but, yeah, like high flyer. Yeah. You know, Penny Hardaway's coming in just just before that. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, definitely a different era for yeah. sure. But I think Curry is better at what he is good at. And feels like he has – feels like Steph has the ability to raise mm-hmm. just the ceiling of his – of his team yeah. 
higher than Kobe does. Yeah, we just saw him carry a team. I don't think Kobe does it like this. No. Kobe. Do you think Kobe's taking this winning team to? I don't think he is. At 33? I think Pau Gasol plays played at a much higher level than a lot of people remember mm-hmm. in the two years that they made it to the finals. I think they got fortunate that they were, that they were facing Dwight Howard's magic mm-hmm. in 2009 versus uh, the other opponents. You know, yeah. they were not able to beat to beat Boston when they were when they had all yeah, their guys. Imagine if he faced so, LeBron, though. That would have been so much better. Yeah, it would have been a better finals. You know, even, that Cavs team is not super special, so yeah. maybe Kobe still gets a ring. Just but, for history. Yeah, I just... It seems like to me, Steph is just, he's going to make everybody on the team better in a way Kobe is not. Yeah. The totality of Kobe's career still might be enough to keep him above Steph in the legacy rankings for now. Mm. He's he's still what? like I mean, he's the number, what, three scorer of all time? Yeah. Something like that? Let's see. All three, time. Four. <clears throat> three, four, something like that. Hmm. I mean, yeah, you, what did you say? 15-time All-Star? 15, yeah. He's 15-time All-Star and 15-time All-NBA. All-NBA yeah. as well. 18-time All-Star. 11-time first-team All-NBA. So, and yeah, I mean, uh, making films at the highest level as well. Yeah. Can't, can't forget about, about that. Anymore. You don't think Steph Curry's Kaiser Permanente commercials? Oh, he's as, fourth. As, as good. Yes, I mean, top. he's Kaiser still top five all-time on the scoring list. So. Yeah. Kobe's totality is a lot to. Uh, yeah, I got pushed down by LeBron. To get past at this point, there I is one. There is point. one more guy. That the last one. Steph has to compete with. Who? It better not be someone ridiculous. So it's. It's a tough resume, but we'll see if Steph's able to handle it. All right. It is Tim Duncan. Timmy D. His peak, from '97 to '09. Tim Duncan was 21 points a game, 11 rebounds. Three assists, two and a half blocks. But as you, as a Spurs fan, know like yeah, with I Duncan, mean, you can't number, go off the stats. We're not yeah. t- we're not telling the story here, but yeah. I mean, we're still talking about really, really great numbers. Best for, center of all time. <laughs> I mean, he had a he had a twelve year run as just one of the most dominant two way big men in the league, mm-hmm. and then from '09 to 2016, moves into this like other phase of his career where. From the years I just named, he's 15 points a game, 10 yeah. rebounds. Still three assists and two blocks a game, though. Still playmaking, still defense. But they're building the team around him in a different way. Mm-hmm. He's 15-time All-Star, 15-time All-NBA, 15-time All-Defense. So just every year. I mean, again, two-way, just the best two-way player of his generation just from a consistency standpoint, just being there every time. Five rings, three finals MVPs. Mm-hmm. Two league MVPs in the playoffs from 98 to 2007. So this is a 10-year a stretch. He's 24 points a game, 13 rebounds, four assists, three blocks. So he even goes up a level as a playoff performer in this stretch. He is on the all-time just no weakness team yeah. of just guys that there's just nothing he really can't do on a basketball court, at least mm. nothing that he's going to suck at. Like he will be comp- he will be competent to great at everything. There's just no glaring weakness. Yeah. He's on the all time put him with anybody team. And he's on the all time his feet never get five inches off the ground team. Yeah. So Tim Duncan, that's my boy, but yeah. you're unbiased. Tell me, does Steph does Steph I, pass Tim Duncan? I, I, I definitely could see people saying it doesn't. And you know, I understand like 
you know, his, uh, his, I definitely understand why people wouldn't put, uh, would put Curry above him, but I think I'd still have Tim Duncan above, just because while, you know, he had great teammates, as you mentioned, half of Curry's rings were with Kevin Durant, <laughs> like, I know it's a, it's a weird fact, you know, it's, it's hard to bring up, but I don't, you know, Duncan really, besides Robinson early in the career, like, there wasn't really a time he had another great, like, great player. And he, st- he went against Miami, you know, and they had the tough series. But, I mean, the 2014 Spurs, like, as you know, like, that's coming back with revenge, with vengeance, and just pretty much breaking up Miami, you know. And I know you, you got the biggest smile It is. On it's your the most right savage now. team of all time. But, yeah, that 4-1 against the Heat. Ending LeBron in Miami. And prime LeBron. I, I still stand by LeBron. Like, he, he may have had – that was his athletic prime. You know, he, his basketball prime was probably that 2016, obviously, with that yeah, final. that was the best may, Maybe it was that 2017 after Kyrie left, 2018. Um, but standing into LeBron's prime, you know, Wade and Bosh, and pretty much coming back and destroying them. Uh, yeah. And, and and he was definitely that was the near the end of his career. I mean, he was uh, let's see, yeah, he was thirty seven at that point. Thirty seven. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a twenty twenty year career. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Curry at the end of his career, we can definitely talk about it. You know, maybe he gets a couple more here, but not right now. I I'd probably still put Duncan above him. I mean, I get it because statistically things are going to go in Steph's favor. Yeah. And then all of the like intangible teammate type yeah, arguments. It's close. You it's could, pretty close. The ones that you would make for Duncan, you could pretty yeah. much just make them all for Steph. I yeah. mean, you said that yourself earlier yeah. in the series. You said he is the guard version of Tim Duncan, yeah. and it's insanely true. And he's got a, like the best three point shot ever. So the math is in his favor, and the geometry of the basketball courts in his favor compared to Tim Duncan, but. I mean, the, the the playoff numbers that I read from 98 to 07, I know, like, Shaq and Kobe and that Lakers team was the most talented team of that era. But, you know, they broke up, and they had a four-year run, and the Spurs had a decade-long run there yeah. where they won four rings, Duncan, two league MVPs, three finals MVPs in that stretch. Like I said, 24-13-4, three blocks in yeah. the playoffs. And we're talking about he might be the best playoff performer in the – the, the 2000 stretch mm-hmm. when people, you know, it it's a weird time for the league post-Jordan right yeah. before LeBron goes to Miami and fully ascends mm-hmm. to the NBA. I think he dominates that stretch. And then, yeah, again, in the next decade, just Helms a, another stretch of where the Spurs are competitive. Yeah. And, they yeah, they only win one ring in that stretch, but they're one of the best teams they're in the solid league. Solid every year. And they're trying to build around, you know, a Duncan, Parker, Ginobili core with, Parker and Ginobili, who are really good players, mm-hmm. and when Duncan's at their peak, they can be, you know, the yeah. number two and number three options on a finals team. But when Duncan is in that next phase of his career where mm-hmm. he's a building block, but he's not sort of the focal point, Parker and Duncan may be a step back from, you know, who else is, from who the other superstars are in the league at that point. I mean, is Parker a Hall of Famer? I think all three of them are, just for what wow, they... Wow, I think all three are. Yeah, right. for sure, for what they've accomplished. And I think they all are actually in it now, aren't they? No, Gen- no, Gen- no, Ginobili Parker is. isn't. Parker's not in it? Ginobili's no. in it, though, right? I don't think so. Ginobili's going to be in it? Am I dreaming? 
A little bit. Well, Ginobili's de- Don't sit here and tell me Ginobili's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know, man. I don't know. Ginobili, bro. Uh, like, it's it's gonna take it's gonna take a little loving. Let's just put it that way. But yeah, for Tim Duncan, we're talking about. Oh, he is in the Hall of Fame. I know, I know. Ginobili. Ginobili is yes, but Parker isn't. That's kind of weird. Parker will get there. Maybe, yeah. I mean, some of the guys that are gonna get there before. Yeah, Parker, yeah, but uh, but. a great stat just to prove. Tim Duncan's consistency, you know, between the two players. Most wins, playoffs, and regular season. Number one's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which, you know, we, we unquestionably said number one. But number two, Timmy D, 11-58. And, yeah, Curry's had those rough seasons, um, but he is at 124. So, you know, let's give him a little time. LeBron's actually fourth on this list. But – just Timmy D having the second, you know, career wins, as you mentioned, just consistency, and, you know. Yeah, 15 All-Stars, 15 All-NBAs, yeah. and 15 All-Defenses. That's tough. That's that's so. crazy. So, you know. Well, their, well, their careers do parallel in weird way. Even in yeah. the big three aspect, yeah. the fact that, you know, you could go, oh, well, Duncan's part of the big three. It's like, well, Curry is, you know, his big three is better. Yeah. So, like, Curry it's is Curry is quickly approaching all of these guys we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. But like I said, at this point in his career, Steph is there's only I only have six guys that are definitely above him, and then yeah. you can start you can start making the case for him as the seventh best basketball player. Yeah, I put time. him. I'd, I don't know if he's there yet. I probably put eight or nine. I probably put eight or nine. Probably eight and have uh, Shaq and Duncan above him. Um, but if he keeps his up, you know, maybe gets another MVP ring. Yeah, he'll the you know he'll climb higher yeah. on the scoring charts. He'll yeah. get more All Star appearances, yeah. All NBAs. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have like to that. see. It's still TBD. Um, uh, let me see if there are any other stats I want to share about Curry being crazy. Um, I guess we could transition a little bit into more of the Celtics side of the loss because that was Ready tough. Ready for question number five? Oh, big, question big number five. Picture, big picture takeaway number five. Are the Celtics just a 2.0 version of the high-usage, heavy ISO guy-led teams? Where, yeah, they don't have a star like Doncic or Harden yeah. to, or Westbrook to just absorb every touch mm-hmm. and every possession and take every shot. And just, they're going to run everything through this guy. Mm-hmm. They have, they have two. They have Tatum and Brown. Mm-hmm. They have. Smart thinks he's a guy. Yeah. But their team still kind of operates like those Doncic and Harden teams mm-hmm. do. And when it goes wrong, their af- their offense still stagnates the same way mm. that those teams do. And they get reliant on them shooting super high percentages from the three and yeah. them playing super hard on defense. Mm-hmm. And we saw, we just we saw that go to a level that we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Those teams that like we just mentioned, like the Doncic and Harden teams, yeah. we haven't seen them seen them do. And maybe having two superstars offensively does help for that. Yeah. But yeah, when it when it went wrong, they reminded me of those teams, and my yeah. big fear is that maybe that they are just sort of the best version of that, and maybe it's not, you know, a sustainable system like what the Warriors have. Yeah, but it's definitely not. Or sustainable. you know, again, they're all they're twenty four and twenty five. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's a little bit hard to point to the ISO play because the Warriors did similar things with Curry. I mean, Curry didn't do as much running. You know, he's a little bit older, obviously. Didn't want to get so many miles in. Um, and there was a little bit more ISO play from them from normal. But, yeah, I think the Celtics, that was their main mode of offense. 
and they relied a lot on the players being hot and with the young how young their players were that's why it fluctuated so much and it was again their first finals you know and tatum had a hundred turnovers and i think that's gonna haunt his career for a while just just it just nice round numbers like that it's it's tough it's tough to shake those off and to have the most turnovers in the playoffs i think uh, LeBron had it at one point. I know he has the career. Uh, definitely, I don't think, maybe not the single most in playoffs, but I know he has the most in total. How many guys have gotten 100 playoff but turnovers? No one. Like Oh, Terry Mateo yeah, is the Tatum's, first. Yeah, he's a record. Yeah, he's record, record holder. Tough. Yeah, that's tough to have a round number like that and just that bad. But I think it puts into uh, focus, you know, the main issue with the offense is, you know, there's too much pressure on Tatum. And the thing is, is that, He's shown up sometimes in the pressure, and sometimes he hasn't. And um, the the pressure got to him. And one of the biggest, one of the best, the one of the stats that put it best into words um, was the what uh, the Warriors pretty much did to this team. Because uh, I was looking at some other stuff today, and uh, looking at it, the defense uh, for the Warriors was on another level, um, and the offensive rating in the finals for the Celtics would have ranked 28th during the regular season. So that means the Warriors made the Celtics look like the Pistons. And watching that game, I definitely believed it. They were looking pretty similar output. And that's why that's why it was so frustrating to watch them because they just wouldn't score points. I mean, it was simple math. And really, it was just the Celtics from like earlier in the season before all the turnarounds storylines happened. Yeah. And before we started praising M.A. Adoka and... Mm-hmm. Just bef- before they ascended into, you know, making the NBA Finals, yeah, they were a heavy ISO team. They stagnated all the time. They mm-hmm. played with a lack of effort. There was just a lot of confusing things, confusing things happening. Yeah, and yeah, the Warriors, the Warriors team, uh, they kind of reverted them back to early season form, mm-hmm. Boston. Yeah, the Jedi mind him, tricked them into being back into the team they were, which is another point you brought up. I mean, this team was below five hundred. Halfway through the season almost in December. And now they're in the finals with all these young players. So, you know, just uh, before before we start tearing, saying, you know, crazy stuff about the Celtics tearing down. I mean, Tatum's 24, Brown is 25. They're just fine. You know, a lot of stars at this young age hadn't done much. So you're still so, – you're feeling okay with them? Yeah, we're feeling As a okay closeted terms, Boston fan who uses the term we now when referring to the Celtics? It's I'm not I'm telling you it's Tatum it's obviously I'm a Celtics fan because Tatum's on there you know until and then when Tatum's goes somewhere else I'm just going with him. Yeah, so, I mean maybe one day you'll come out and admit it. It's, it's, it's okay. I mean it's I'm only a Celtics fan because Tatum's there. So, uh, and you know with with that team it's definitely it's definitely interesting to see them grow. Smart took a step this year. But, I mean, it was obvious. They needed a playmaker, you know, and I know people keep talking, you know, mentioning about how Curry isn't a true guard, but he is a guard. He is a playmaker. And they had Draymond, too, on that team as playmakers, so they didn't have to have all the pressure on Curry. And for the Celtics, it was like a pressure cooker, you know. As it got worse and worse, there was more pressure and pressure mounted on them. And, you know, guys weren't hitting their shots. And they definitely, I mean, the most annoying part is that and the most interesting part, uh, I think I might have mentioned it earlier already, is they really didn't push the Warriors to score great. So, you know, when they're scoring below 100, the Warriors can chill. 
and then they're like, oh, we have to score. Now we have to score. Now we have to. And it just keeps pushing on top of each other as the bricks mount up. And with a young team like that, most likely got in their own heads. I know I have. And it's it's tough. It's I mean, especially when you haven't been there before. Tatum for the series going into game six. So for the first five games of the series, mm. he's 23 points, seven assists, and almost eight rebounds a game. So he's a 23, seven, and seven guy. Mm. I mean, he's... He's a couple makes away from being a 28-7-7 guy, which yeah. is now all of a sudden LeBron James, Magic Johnson level yeah. numbers. And in terms of, you know, athleticism, physicality, what mm-hmm. guys are capable of from a two-way aspect on the basketball court, yeah. scoring, playmaking, like just the full package put together. Like Tatum showed that he has the pieces yeah. to, you know, to have a LeBron, a LeBron is a LeBron esque and a Magic esque impact mm. on a basketball court. I think if you look at like the twenty five and under guys right now, he is. I don't know. To me, right now, he might be the one that I might want. Just of yeah. most most things in his tool bag that he can do, and that includes. I mean, Luca's in that conversation as well. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Tatum over Luka Doncic as a young guy, but I know he struggled. The mental stuff. Where are you at the mental, uh, with the mental stuff with him? Because, well, like we said earlier, Wiggins got to him. Yeah. And it's funny that, you know, he's a he's a big Kobe guy. All the mom mentality stuff. Yeah. He didn't the mentality him, stuff is the stuff that really got to him in this, this finals at the end of the day. Yeah, I think he got a little bit in his head, like Co, uh, like Booker did, the whole like texting Kobe and all that, you know. And I think they got a little complacent. Because they were like, oh, we beat teams in seven games before. Let's just do it again. And, you know, in terms of the mental stuff, I think it's a really good learning experience. And I think if you can take a finals trip when you weren't even expecting, when you're struggling to make the playoffs, and instead you turn it into a finals trip, taking it to seven, at least they didn't get swept. You know, it's still disappointing the way they lost. But I think for this team, the experience was great. And, um... You know, they finally broke through. They kept making the conference finals, and now they finally broke through to it. And it's the first year of having Nidoko, so that's really nice to, that they'll keep him around for a while. And I think this team, I definitely think that the mental thing is just, it's just experience, you know. And it's their first time. So, you know, it's nice that they finally made it. They may have got a bit lucky with a couple of those series, but we'll, we'll see how the future is. I'm not worried, you know. I'm just... You know the 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 Tatum train is is lost a hundred bolts. <laughs> it's a little it's a little broken down, but you know I'm just saying for all the people who jump off now, don't come back on. Yeah, I mean the train jumps more. off. You know people are jumping off the train. The train's just gonna get lighter. It's gonna move exactly. faster. He'll exactly. he'll bounce back. Um, he'll be he'll be fine. I when when your best players are 24 and 25, I know we do talk about championship windows all the time. You yeah. never want to take these opportunities for granted. But when you are when your duo is so young, yeah. and when they've also had a track record of success like this, mm-hmm. like this is their first final success, but yeah. you know, they've been on the doorstep pretty much every other year that yeah. they've been together in the conference finals. So they're a they're a winning duo mm-hmm. and clearly they're right on the edge of being able to push through and win the finals. Mm-hmm. It's hard to have a lot of things really negative to say about yeah. it. But I guess one other, you know, big worry for Boston, and I misspoke earlier when I said uh, the 
Uh, last Celtics point was point number five. That was point number four. This oh, is okay. point number five. Okay. Is Al Horford too important to this Celtics, Celtics team? Oh. He's 36 years old, played 15 seasons at this point, 35,700 minutes That's played crazy. in his career. You said exact numbers. That's the exact number he's played, 35,700 minutes, oh, wow. uh, regular season and playoff minutes combined. He's... Got one contra- one year left on his contract. Mm. The contract that was four years, $109 million, and one's considered one of the worst deals in the league. He's uh, got one year left on that. He's $19.5 million guaranteed, but it could be $26.5 million. I just... What he could do defensively against the Stars mm. in the East in this playoff run, against Durant, yeah. against Giannis... Against you know the Heat, he was battling some injuries, so he was up and down in that series. But specifically the Durant Giannis series, how incredible defensively he was, mm-hmm. where they could just kind of funnel the stars into him, and he was able to, you know, contest Giannis and Durant at the rim and keep up with Durant in the mid range and switch out and yeah. guard smaller guards. And he's you know he's a good player, mm-hmm. but he's on the older end. And there is also a part of me that wonders if defensively. This was sort of a high-level Boris Diaw run, yeah. like for the Spurs, you know, where you're like, wait a second, Boris Boris Diaw is like carving up the Miami Heat in the finals. Yeah. Like, he's he one of the best players for the Spurs all of a sudden? Like, what just happened? Like, mm. you know, you're watching Al Horford lock up Durant going, wait, Al Horford is actually like the Giannis stopper, and he's always been a good defender. Yeah. But, we're you know, he, it seemed like he took a step up, and – him in the middle of that defense made up mm. for a lot of things. And defense was their calling card for this yeah, for no, them this year. So his age and his impact, I you know, he's not in the future for the plans. But do you like the idea of this team without a guy like him on it? Um, I think he's replaceable in terms of his skill, skill set. And, you know, Curry did eventually put him on an island near the end of the series. So he was the one that cooked. Cook. And I think they have a couple options in terms of who to replace him with, you know, with Grant, with Robert Williams. Um, and I think Neesmith, I think he's probably their most interesting young player. I don't think he'll Yeah, really you love Neesmith. But every time he's on the court, he's just really long. I think he's a solid defender. And, you know, just give him time. We'll see. But with Horford. He always shows flashes when he comes in. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Um, with Horford. You know, obviously for him, he kind of felt like this is his one and only chance, which it may very well be uh, in terms of getting a ring. So he definitely was playing out of his mind. And he really was. Yeah. At one point in in uh, game six, in, mm. I forget which quarter it was in, but it was like Al Horford, Otto yeah. Porter Jr. going shot for shot. Al Horford was the only person on offense yeah. doing anything for him. He was like that this entire playoff run. He was... Yeah, like a stabilizing force for offense. Yeah, so I mean, his locker room stuff is hard to replace. You know, yeah. just how he is as a teammate. But I don't think he's not. He's not nearly as important, especially with a healthy Robert Williams to protect the paint. Then but you Robert don't want him out there. Robert Williams doesn't do what Horford does defensively. He's you know he's like a ro- Williams is like a rotational yeah like help side blocker. He's uh, he can switch and mm. stay with perimeter guys for sure yeah but horford is you know he's more around the rim of mm. presence in a way that's true yeah. more so than robert williams is i just think defensively as those I mean, bigs really complement each other well 
Mm. And I think Horford brings different stuff to the table that uh, Robert Williams does not. And I just, he made up for a lot of stuff. Defense, because defensively, when they were at their peak, it was, mm. it was nuts. I mean, we called it the best in the league. I mean, they did have Williams be their main shot stopper in the paint um, during the playoffs when he was kind of good. So, um, I mean, in terms of, like, good with the playing. So, I do think that, you know, they're both pretty good paint presences. I think, obviously, Orford's a better shooter. Um, you know, his threes definitely saved their saved them once in a, once or twice in this playoffs. I think it was two games I'm mostly thinking of. But, um, yeah, I definitely think... With Horford, he's going to be getting older, and it's going to be harder and harder to play him. And I think he's definitely replaceable with who they have on the roster. So, and we'll have to and we'll have to see how he does without having a full season off. Yeah. To uh, come back because last the OKC was just a vacation for him. Yeah. He had to end up there. A again. full season to recover and has to come back and basically plays the longest version of an NBA season. Yeah. Can. He they played what two seven game series and a six game series, and you know they're all the way in the finals. Mm. So. Long season. Hopefully his body's able to recover. Hopefully he'll be fine. Uh, last point, point number six. It's it's first take at sports radio. Oh, but here we go. Here it is. It's it's hot off the press All for right, you, Sam. Make sure you're listening. Which core gets back to the final sooner? Here are your options. Dore, mm-hmm. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond, obviously. Iconic. Greatest trio of all time. Yep. You have the Tatum Brown core, and you know Robert Williams and Marcus Smart. Mm. They're under contract for a while, so they'll yeah. be around. So like by default, no, they're in that core. Out. But you know mainly Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah. Dorsey, uh-huh. Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga. Which uh-huh. of those three gets back to the final sooner? Oh my God! Are we really doing this? Um. I'm probably a, considering that they just won. I think they're probably interesting to make to the finals again. People have them as repeat. I don't think they'll repeat. But if injuries continue to plague the West, and you know the Warriors just stay the course where they're guys, you know I definitely think it's a, um, most likely will be B though. I'm not even touching C man. <laughs> you don't think there's a chance? No, no. It's you think not, tr- you uh, you think Draymond saved his job with the way he played in Game Six? Don't even with Draymond. I understand his defensive impact, but I've always been a Draymond out kind of guy. What do you think the market is for him? If they if they were calling around for teams in this summer, like what? Where would you really start with Draymond? Like where else does he go besides the Warriors? Uh, honestly, Grizzlies. Like I've always thought he was a little really bit of a Grizzlies guy. They yeah. hate each other. Maybe kick him out like Iggy. I mean, Iggy could have played on that team. He just said no. So they're fine with veterans. It's just the veterans got to actually want to play there. The Warriors and Grizzlies are already talking. So, I mean, next season that's going to be the thing. I don't think Draymond's going to the Grizzlies. There's not much of a market for him, though. And uh, That's true. I don't know. They were good. They were good this year. Yeah. Draymond, he he came through in game six. Clay played well offensively for him. But. Yeah. I don't know, long-term, a uh, little sports radio. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, what those guys are doing. And Kaminga, Poole, Steph, maybe the younger guys yeah. are, uh, are the way to go. Maybe in like five, ten years. Maybe. Do you have any other uh, things you need to get off your chest about Boston and the NBA no, Finals? No, no, just 
Shout out to Tatum, you know. Don't worry about it, bro. Keep it keep it pushing, you know. We'll be back. They'll 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 be okay. Yeah. They're young. Exactly. Uh that's kind of been the theory of everybody the Warriors have beaten his playoffs, honestly. Like the Nuggets, it's okay, they'll be back. They're mm. young. The Grizzlies, they'll be back, they're young. Again with Boston, they'll yeah. be back. They're young. So uh there you go. The Warriors have done it. They are the 2022 NBA champions. Yep. Steph Curry has ascended to the ba- the top of the basketball world. Finals and, MVP. Uh, Jason Tatum got to watch somebody else do it. So hopefully in the long run that works out. Uh, that works out best for him. That's funny. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I definitely think that good experience, but you know. Nah, you can't win them all. You can't win, and I don't think every finals. You know, these are the these are the finals where they're kind of mid, because then those other ones like uh, last year or Cavs and Warriors we appreciate even more. Like these are kind of the dead times where you don't have LeBron. You know, yeah, we have Curry, but you know he's not playing against someone great. We don't have Durant. You know, we don't have any of those established stars. So, you know, but we'll we'll see. The yeah, next I mean, we need, we need Chris Middleton to get healthy. Yeah, yeah. We, we need, need him uh, back, please. We need Donovan Mitchell on the Spurs. Yeah. And then the league will be in the right place. Do you think do you think Primo, the ninth oh pick, my gosh. uh throw in Josh Richardson and McDermott for contracts? Throw in the twentieth pick as well. Give the Jazz two first round picks. Do you think that gets you Donovan Mitchell? Primo two firsts and a couple contracts? Should we just get to the draft, man? No, no, I don't think so, no. I, I, I'm definitely still down on Donovan Mitchell, and I think the league agrees with me. Just saying. Source is saying it's not not as great as it looks. The draft is next Thursday, or this coming Thursday, mm-hmm. so we'll be covering the draft. Free agency is right after the draft as well. Free agency is on the 30th, Yeah. and then and then what what comes right after free agency? We're in ju- into July, and all of a sudden, Summer League yeah. is coming around. Two Josh Primo shout-outs. We're going to get to watch Josh Primo ball out in Summer League. I can't wait. You can already tell I'm looking forward to He's loving with, it. Uh, He's loving it. With the guys that I'm Only I'm time he sees about. Primo play more than five minutes. <laughs> it's in Las Vegas, yes. <laughs> yep. Big time. Who knows? By the time he's starting... In the NBA, there may be a team in Las Vegas, so maybe he'll still just only be balling out in Las Vegas. LeBron's team? Yeah, because, I mean, Primo's only, like, 16, so he's yeah. got several years to develop. He'll be fine. How much do you think they charge for G League games at, or Summer League games, like, to watch them? I think you buy, like, uh, like the full, like, you oh, buy, yeah, like, you a buy day. Full, yeah. And then you just are in the arenas for yeah. both days. I think that's how you do it. Oh, okay. So the price is... Did ever play Summer League? I don't think Doncic did. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like really great players playing somewhere. Like, I think LeBron might have played one. LeBron definitely did. Yeah. Did they have summer league back in MJ's time? Like, I don't. You know, I'm not sure when summer league so. started, but I remember yeah. like the Lonzo, Kevin Durant, the Lonzo Kuzma Lakers mm-hmm. as like a great summer league team. The Denzel Valentine had a summer league oh, run yeah. a couple. Yeah. A couple years ago, Kyle Anderson and Jonathan Simmons for the Spurs. Uh, oh. The Becky Hammond led Austin Spurs in the uh, the summer league. They won the whole the whole tournament. So there's been some fun runs. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Chet, we'll get to see Chet. We'll yeah, get to see Chet. Jamari. Do you have any have any uh like 
like half takes you could give us about the top three to tease some of the draft stuff? Or um, well, I did have about a past draft. Oh, I mean, just remember top of the mind. I, I I have been on this train for a little bit, but today I'm buckling down. We're putting it in ink. We're putting it in on on the waves. You know, I've, I've definitely talked about this already. Say it. Get it on the record. We're getting it out. James Wiseman will be one of the biggest busts in NBA history. And it's not a hot take, but I'm planting my flag on this one. Flaming hot. Planting my flag. I, I definitely know we've had nothing heard from him. I didn't even see him on the bench. No final celebration. He's already NBA champion, I guess. You know, the team's giving him away, but... He doesn't give, like, a lot of the guys on this Warriors teams are, you know, hard-nosed, great guys. Not high lottery. You know, Curry was the highest. Curry's still, like, back half of the top ten. Yeah. Not like like a top five guy. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a lot of these guys had to earn their way. You know, Clay wasn't, like, a great – I don't think he was highly recruited. No, I think he was back half of the lottery as well. Draymond, like, with Michigan. End of the first round. Yeah, Michigan State. So, you know, you look at a lot of these guys, not really glitz and glamour, you know, Poole, as you know, is plays like it, but, you know, didn't come in the league like it. Had to earn his spot. But Wiseman has had a cakewalk to here. Plays how many games? Ten games at Memphis? Again, a little bit of my Memphis agenda. I, I, I'm just saying, let me let me see some great players from Memphis. They keep getting haven't. the prospects, but you exactly. Know, they don't out. crank them out. They're not cranking out They're recruits. not. They're not cranking out recruits. And he plays barely any games. Come into the league, second pick. I'm telling you, when when I'm on my deathbed and my grandkids ask, what was the dumbest thing an NBA team did? It was not drafting Lamelo at two. And it's gonna bite the Warriors because it's gonna be a little bit of the you know Darko Milicic kind of thing, where it's like they threw away the number two pick and still won the still won the finals. And uh, they have enough of a young core that it's interesting, so it won't be like a, you know, what if kind of thing uh, in the future, I think, really. But I'm telling you. I don't know. I think I could. I'm planting my flag on this one. I think I could outtake your take. Oh, okay. I'm going to outtake your take. Oh, what is this first take? I think the Warriors don't win the title if they draft LaMelo Ball. Instead oh, of James Wiseman, gosh, I think the really, gosh. I think that it really okay. is the take. All right, all right, that's a little far there, bro. I think if Lamelo Ball plays, he throws everything off. I think there's too much trying to balance him and Curry. I think there's no Jordan Poole emergence because you wouldn't want him to take Lamelo Ball's minutes. That's the point. He would be the Jordan Poole, but better because he can actually. He'd be more consistent than Jordan Poole. I think Draymond would force him to play solid defense. You know, not great defense. Lamelo Ball would not away. come into the, a finals game for a, six minutes and put up 11 points and be okay with it like Jordan Poole is. I think he would. Have you seen his vibe? Like, now that he's in the NBA, I think he respects the NBA. Like, the way he's played, he's definitely upped his game from Australia. In terms of his shooting, he cares. And I think the Hornets don't really have a culture like the Warriors do. If he was in their system, moving around, and his passing, his passing with on that team, like, I think he would connect really well. He would fit in their offense. You know, his defense obviously is a liability, but, you know, he'd be off the bench. Poole is not a great defender either. So, You think Poole has better shot-making instincts than LaMelo? No. Have you seen LaMelo off the bounce? Off the, like, how quick he is? Twitchy, 
I'm telling you, man. Like his dribble drive and how he's tall. He's he's he. I think he's a little bit taller than Poole. He's a little bit taller. He's lankier, and I'm telling you. Hey, hey, I'm just outtaking your take. That's he's all I'm a, doing. I think he could. He's a legit. He, he could be a legit person to pass it on to. I don't think Poole is like. Like I like the whole thing of oh Curry's looking at him like a happy father. Like let's get real. Once it's turnover, once Curry's gone, this thing is going downhill pretty fast. Yeah, I mean we're yeah we just we just like, made the case that unless Kaminga's great. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about one of the yeah <laughs> one of the six or seven or eight best basketball players exactly of all time. exactly it's going downhill. But yeah. I think with Lamelo, you could get better than that. I think one if if Lamelo was there, you could have a decent argument that this would be a pretty solid team, you know, and a collection of talent with all their young guys could maybe you know, push for a title, kind of like a Celtics kind of thing, just the offensive sided. And, um, but no, they got Kaminga who, you know, apparently has gotten major progress from his recovery from his knee injury. But like, how long did we have to wait to see this guy play a full season of basketball in college or football like, or not football? Oh, in college you're Wiseman. Professionals. You're Wiseman, yeah. We're yes. back to Wiseman. Yes. Uh, no, I don't know. I think the chip is probably sailed on Wiseman. Well, I don't know if it's sailed on Wiseman at this point, but it's uh, it's not good. I don't. He doesn't really have any value. I don't know what kind of value he would have around the league at this point. Yeah. Like, who's trading for Wiseman? He's back running during regular stuff, and 90% chance he'll be playing in summer league. Ooh. Is Wiseman the most highly anticipated non-rookie since, since for uh, summer league no the most anticipated player since zion since zion you remember that since steal Wiseman. zion had from kevin knox and you're like oh my god yeah because i did like kevin that knox, was like, so it was disappointing to see him frick. against zion do that bananas i guess yeah what are what are some things you're excited i guess we could talk real quick most excited things you're hoping to see next year because i want to see zion in the pelicans Zion coming yeah, back. That team. I guess Ben Simmons would be another one. Yeah. You know, we want to see what Ben actually play. We want to see him and Durant together. A healthy Nets. We want to see we want to see how much James Harden's gonna get paid. Yeah. I think. That if would be another Lakers interesting really one. Running back. Yeah, I guess I guess we want to see if my Anthony Davis uh Lakers should trade Anthony Davis thing. Maybe that's yeah. Maybe that's where this goes. That would be the other the other big thing. Yeah, well, we can get our takes off, though, because, you know, after the finals, everyone has to do it. You know, who you have next finals, who you have, from, who's the next matchup next year? You want the matchup? Matchup and the winner, yeah. Oh, I'll go I'll go next year is mm-hmm. the matchup that you said would be this year. Okay. I think it's Grizzlies-Bucks, and I think the Bucks win. Yeah. Giannis is the best player in the league, and I'm not ready to pick against him yet. Prove to me. That uh, when Giannis is at his peak, he can't win the title with no, no, the yeah, cast yeah. around him. Yeah, get no, Middleton no. back. I think Holiday took a step up this year. Yeah, he definitely did. And I Giannis in the, is in the playoffs. I don't think in the regular season. Though. In the the thing with Giannis also that people forgot is mm-hmm. was he like low key figuring out how to shoot three pointers? Yeah. In this year's playoffs, because I mean I don't know what his numbers were. But it seemed like he was taking a little bit more of them. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like he was getting a sense for, I should take one now. Mm. Let me do that. And he would take them. And you, they were going in sometimes. So I, Giannis is going to come back in the offseason with something else. I'm not ready to pick against Giannis yet. No. I think the Grizzlies this year were one year away. But you're right. Thanks, the yeah. jaw thing against the Warriors before he got hurt was yeah. 
pretty scary. The was it game two when he had like forty three points yeah. and was just yeah. unguardable. Doing I, whatever he wanted. Yeah, I don't know how the Warriors honestly honestly solved that. But yeah. we said that about They did. They solved it. They ripped out his leg. Yeah, I guess they grabbed it and tugged. I guess tell Jordan Poole to do that. Yeah. Um I, I definitely my think, pick, Grizzlies I, I think yours is the correct one. But, you know, I, I'm a I'm another team I'm a closet fan of. Now that that I actually will stand by being a closet fan of. Denver Nuggets, man. Oh yeah. Sleeping Giants of the West. I'm telling you. Yeah, the Clippers are probably a little bit in that category, but you know, I'm I, Let's I, let's see it with the Clippers first. I'm a little bit hating on on Kawhi in terms of him actually coming back. We know about him and his injury yeah. stuff. But Jamal Murray, we can't keep him out forever. And I know we just talked about Kawhi and his injuries, but Porter, man, we have seen him we have seen him play for a stretch now. He keeps getting in and out, but I'm telling you, Porter, I still that guy's never going to be healthy. <laughs> he, he is. I'm telling you, man. You're wrong. You can't. And two-time MVP on that team, Aaron Gordon, and whatever the heck they can get off the bench. I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, you. Will Barton's still there. Bones Highland is emerging for him. I'm sure do, they'll do, do something you, smart in the draft. They always do something do smart. Do you think in the, the draft. Jazz would take Porter, Bones Highland, and a couple picks for Donovan Mitchell? All of that for Donovan Mitchell. All that. I thought you were Bones saying Highland he was a and too Michael little. Porter and picks. Yeah, because of the Mitchell? injury issues. Yeah. No, I would rather just keep all my pieces around Jokic and just yeah, do that. No, I, I don't. I don't know if Murray and Porter Jr. are going to be the two and three on a title team. I don't know if I'm ready to lean that way versus what the Grizzlies they can have. Be, though. Or I mean, recent NBA trade. You know, who knows what the Mavs will look like now? They have Christian Wood. That'll, that'll be a new piece. Uh, they'll like either Christian, have Christian mid. They'll either <laughs> they'll either have Brunson or, you know, they'll get something for Brunson. Big three in Dallas. Donjic, Brunson, and Christian Wood. <laughs> Big three. It's not the alarm. Scary hours are coming. That's 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 rough for Doncic. It's tough, man. That's one of the worst big threes we've had in a while. <laughs> in terms of the two and the yeah. three. Yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie's outside looking in. He's just in the background of the poster, just like eh, I'm here, guys. I'm still I still put up twenty and five. Um, but I, I I do stand by the whole with the, the Nuggets because I really think that if there if Porter can like just patch up together, just put a metal back and put a metal plate. I don't care something. But if he can stay healthy, he's definitely a number two option. We saw it in the bubble. And I think Jamal Murray is a three. If he can just figure out how to let go of the ball, he has a little bit of Westbrook in him. Um, but I think that team could get really scary because their ceiling is just out of this world. And, you know, Grizzlies is right there. But Phoenix. Your, yours is the correct one. No, Phoenix. I think Phoenix is a whole nother can of worms because this Sarver thing is supposed to get worse before it gets better. Last year was rough, and who knows what they're doing with Aiton? Because they're gonna have to figure out something with Aiton. And they're another team that. And if they th- and then if they do that, then they'll have to try to figure out something at center after that. Exactly. They won't have oh, them. And what, what, what did they just do? Oh, they just let go their uh, number nine pick and Jalen Smith instead of taking Tyrese Halliburton. Tough. Or Devin Vassell. They passed on Devin Vassell. Even Vassell would have been better than Jalen Smith. Like <laughs> something, man. So now, I mean, I don't even know what's going on with that team, and they missed their window. I mean, I think that's that's it pretty much for the team. I mean, do you think they're still? 
contenders next year. It's hard. It's hard to year. stay with Chris Paul's age. Like, who knows? They're a, there's a, they're a team that they're gonna have to get through the off season. We're gonna have to see what they look like. I'm not ready to bet against Booker though. Mm-hmm. If I was I was looking at guys that have 40, 40, multiple forty point finals games because mm-hmm. Curry had his second forty point finals game in his career in this series, mm-hmm. and Booker is only one of like a handful of guards ever to have multiple 40-point finals games. So we're talking about him performing at the highest level. I'm not ready to give up on him or that core, but that's just a team with a lot of questions of where the roster is going to be at. So they're definitely going to have to get through the offseason. And, yeah, with the age of Chris Paul, just who knows. Coming up next, which L.A. team has a bigger ceiling floor difference? Probably the Lakers. Yeah, probably. I Lakers. mean, the Lakers. I, we're talking. I either. Know, Clippers. I, I lean the Clippers. The Clippers were in the playoffs this year, though, without, without. Yeah. Well, they were in well, the playing yeah, game. I guess, I guess you're right. Yeah, without. Yeah, while the other team without LeBron was just. Yeah, I mean the Lakers. There could go from either winning the title to not making the playoffs. Yeah. The, I, I guess yeah, the Clippers did make the playoffs, and they feels like the Clippers never have their stars around. It's like, oh well, if we had a superstar, who knows? Who knows? Wait for next year. Yeah, the Clippers are going to just be the team of the constant what if, especially with Kawhi Leonard, because who, whoever knows, who knows what's going on with that guy? Nobody ever knows. Nobody ever no knows. He has his own second opinion. Um, when we talk about the Lakers, does that, does that usually mean we've gone too long? When we come, yeah, when we come back yeah, around Yeah, I was to about Lakers? to wrap it up. Um, just wanted to quickly touch on, um, the, on the NFL. I, a little bit of non-sport topic, but... It's it's the Deshaun Watson case. I think it's definitely I definitely love that it's getting the attention it deserves. It's off season even more, and I really hope it's something that doesn't get swept under the rug. And you know, it's just it's just crazy to think. I was listening to podcasts with uh, Simmons in that, you know, these teams they pour millions into helping their players. I mean, Watson had like a Secret Service agent, all that stuff. And, you know, apparently they did their investigation in quotes, pouring millions or whatever. And a reporter who knows how to do a couple phone calls and read court documents was able to find so much more information than the NFL. And, you know, I think it really touches on, like, the Browns fans have been through so much these last couple of years. I mean, it was, what, the 1-64, in 1-32 season, two couple seasons, 131, where they only won one game in two years. You know, they've gone through how many crap quarterbacks and now they got to deal with this. And I think this is the main one that I've heard is really turning off fans because it's not only not only did the team know at some level that this would be this much of an of, of a issue when they traded for him, but they gave him this ridiculous contract. And I think it really speaks to how much how tone deaf these NFL franchises are. Yeah, and you're right and about uh the information that's out there because i remember the information around the time that he signed the contract was you know maybe this thing really does turn around yeah in favor for deshaun watson like who knows but obviously with what we know now that's not the case mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's just a, a ugly situation all the way around not a place you want to be in as a franchise. You knew what you were doing when you traded for him. Yeah. He's insanely talented, so somebody was going to do it. But we're going to we will see what the league hands out as a punishment and hopefully it is 
handled correctly because the NFL is not known for handling these situations appropriately all the time. But you have to have faith that in every new situation they will handle it right because that's all you know. That's all we can do. They're the ones that are going to be handling it. And uh, yeah, we hope everything's done right by that and the people that were involved in uh, everybody surrounding that situation. Yeah, and with the with the Browns, you know. Them as a franchise obviously just want this to go away. And I think a lot of it is just, you know, once football comes back, people will forget. And I think some will. But I think with this whole situation, you know, it's really hard to, you know, you don't want to you, you don't want to accuse until proven, you know, prove innocent until proven guilty. But it's really hard when you have evidence, you know, 24 different women bringing up the same similar story in most of these cases and having that versus, you know, Watson giving a lot of vague answers, not really question. And it's kind of hard with sports media to really grill guys in press conferences because a lot of the sports reporters rely on those connections with the players to get information, rely on their connections with the teams to get, you know, the top stories. And so that when something messy like this comes around, it's hard for them to cover it because, you know, you don't want to you don't want to shine a bad light on the team because then when you when they when you need stuff from them, of course they're not going to help you out. But you still got to do your job. So, I mean, it's really interesting to see the balance that the journalism takes. And it, I mean, I'm really happy that we have you know journalists from outside the industry able to come in and shine a light on it. And uh, it's you know it's just sad to see another example of. You know, the NFL pretty much not not caring about what's going on off the field because, I mean, they made him. It's not only that they paid him. They paid him an exorbitant amount, more than any other quarterback. He's the highest player in the NFL, according, I think, per, not per a year, but like his whole contract. And it's all guaranteed. Every single penny is guaranteed. Like, that's the crazy part that they knew this was coming and they're like, no, nah, it's fine. And. So, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with the case, you know, we'll definitely keep an eye out and it's definitely hard to talk about other sport, you know, other NFL stuff going on, you know, oh, what's their backup back quarterback stuff and I mean, it it should be hard. So, we'll see, you know, prayers out with the family, you know, people who are going through it and um, you know, and hopefully it gets resolved soon cuz and punishments, you know, the correct punishments are handed out because I definitely think they should have the spotlight, and um, but I think that definitely, you know, the more it gets, you know, the more it gets dragged out, then people start, you know, start losing publicity and people stop caring. So I definitely think while it has the spotlight, they should resolve it and, you know, and definitely punish Watson because, you know, a lot of times they try to stretch it out and wait till football comes and then sweep it under the carpet and not do anything. So. We'll see. We'll see what it is, but you know we don't often get serious on the pod. But you know when it when the call rises, you know we got to do what we got to do. So, yeah. Um, but and no, it is a great point. It is something that needs to be handled in the moment, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, a standard needs to be set about what is right and what is wrong, and yeah, not something that should just be swept under the rug, and not to try to make a joke, but to pivot back into a lighter, yeah. uh, lighter whatever <laughs> there is a reason they have not traded baker mayfield yeah. he is still on the team yeah they you know still are wanting some security at that position because yeah. they know that they're going to be question marks yeah definitely be big question marks and we'll we'll have to see what what happens in the next couple of weeks because yeah it's definitely going to get a lot worse before it gets better um for that franchise and 
it's it's crazy that even when they make a good football move, it's still a horribly moral decision. It's yeah, still, it's still they, a tough They still move. find a way to screw themselves over. They um, finally, in a way, get the quarterback, at least from a talent perspective, yeah. if we're just looking on field. Like, yeah. He does everything that you would want exactly. a quarterback to do just on the field. And, uh, yeah, it comes with all a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the Browns have put that themselves in that position. Exactly. They've gone for that guy before. I mean, they have Kareem Hunt as their running back. So and, and, not... and also, you know, the punishment, you know, we're also hoping, you know, gets resolved soon because it affects, you know, in terms of the, uh, the team, the players who came with thinking they were, you know, in a playoff winning team. But, you know, if he's gone the whole year or half a year, it messes, you know, changes things, which, you know, is, is on them. And it's, it's just tough to think uh, – what you know all the ramifications that could go from this case um but you know to end on a good note um just check in star wars check in have you have you caught up on kenobi or any watching or anything no like i'm any? falling behind okay. on the star wars okay. shows. you know me i fall behind on the star wars all right i'm telling you because that last the last obi-wan episode was crazy do we get darth vader some of the best darth vader is that scenes spoiler ever. warning no, I mean, he's in the trailers. Oh, okay. We already mentioned okay. Kenobi's in there. Or Darth Vader's there. The whole, A lot of it is centralized on Darth Vader. And if you want to see some crazy Star Wars stuff, that last episode was arguably maybe maybe my favorite stuff from Darth Vader ever. Definitely, definitely my favorite Vader stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of a Star Wars fan I would consider myself. Yeah. Just, just to respect Star Wars fans like yourself, because mm-hmm. I know I don't take the time to watch all the yeah. shows and stuff i mean come on you gotta love darth vader i mean we're talking yes. about one of the greatest movie villains yeah. of all time he's iconic so i'll watch I, i'll even, watch anything that guy's in yeah so i'll i'll, I'll be checking kenobi I, i'd sure. say even skip to that episode and watch the last 20 minutes like it's just so it's so great it's it's it's, it's been should amazing. i i'll do that for sure I, i'll watch a stretch i don't of it say i don't say it often I may have creamed my pants watching it, bro. I, I, I don't know. I don't like to, you know, don't listen, mom. You know, I didn't always say it often, but. I'm I mean, done. we're talking about was, Darth Vader here. I was here. losing my mind. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, but that's about it. Unless you had anything else to add on. Um, well, the thing with Darth Vader is, you know, he's coming about when, you know, CGI technology and all that stuff. It's just beginning. Yeah. Star Wars is a breakthrough because it's new, not because the technology is what it is now. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. It holds up. But those first movies when Vader is in them, you know, even in the second movies, those are the, the what, are the, what do they call the prequel movies? Yeah. You know, it's Anakin. It's mm. not Darth Vader in the newer yeah. the newer movies and then even the newer movies like yeah it's there's rogue one that. but that's about it yeah so other than rogue one we haven't seen darth vader done mm-hmm. you know to the level in that modern action, yeah. that modern technology could really do him yeah. at there's some you know you can get online and see some like remastered versions of fights yeah. but really to see what darth vader is capable of like yeah I'll, i mean i it we're it's crazy highest peaks movie villains and yeah. tv shows yeah yeah, no, definitely Darth Vader is iconic as a villain. and That's my Darth Vader. Right he's, he's crazy, and, you know, with Darth Vader, you know, it's it's just bananas how powerful he is. And, you know, not to get super nerdy, but how powerful Anakin could have been without him. I mean, I think there was someone quote that, like, if he was, if he didn't have his pretty much all of his appendages caught off, I think Lucas said he would have been, like, 200% 
you know, more powerful than the emperor, but because he only had like, you know, he didn't have his legs and arms. He was only 80%. So, which is still crazy. And he was, yeah. Anyway, but it's so much Star Wars talk, but that's about it for the pod. Watch out for other sports stuff. Shout out to Lewis Hamilton for finally getting on podium for any F1 fans. You know, Verstappen keeps rolling. And um, I think we did mention you were, you were thinking about F1, right? Or It was uh, – it it was, was, we, we mentioned it one time. Yeah, I was, I, was with, I was with my family this afternoon. It was on the TV today, the Formula One race. Oh, you're really watching it in Canada? Watching. Yeah, I, the Lewis Hamilton thing I yeah. saw. I don't really know any other guys, but I do know Lewis Hamilton. There you Shout go. There you go. Shout out to Hamilton. You know, rough year for him. But anyway, thanks for listening to the pod. Little, we were able to work through our NBA Finals feelings. And, um, yeah, well, we'll get to the back with some draft stuff, off-season stuff. That's when we get the really creative stuff. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Check out all our other stuff at spop.media. And, yeah, thank you for listening.